Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm publisher and executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, the critical lens on pop culture and entertainment. Um, And we are going like gangbusters. I'm so excited with the way Blog Critics is going these days. Um, And I'm really happy to have Jimmy back writing for us. Tons of stuff. Um, and as I was saying to him, we're just we're getting all kinds of all kinds of hits and stuff. So um, really excited about that. And um, so we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Chrissy will not be with us tonight. She is suffering a migraine. So shout out to Chrissy, who is under the weather, and maybe she'll call in later, hopefully. But I'm not sure she's going to be doing that. And also a shout out before I forget and get into the show, um, a shout out to Katie Dalton's dad who had um, uh, prostate surgery and uh, hopefully he's on the mend and will be home from the hospital soon and uh, up and about. So um, a couple of shout outs to people who are under the weather today. Um, so, so you were explaining to me off air, Jimmy, that you missed Easter. I did miss Easter. Um, I had a birthday about a month ago, and my wife is not a planner. She kind of waits till last minute on things. I hear her. (laughs) Because she waited till a few days before my birthday to start planning a birthday dinner with my friends to find a time people could attend. We kept pushing it and pushing it until we decided on the Saturday, not really even thinking about Easter weekend. And then after that was locked in, my my family decided to celebrate Easter on Saturday night instead of Sunday. So I kind of missed Easter. See, we don't have that. Like during Passover, like you can't eat any bread and you can't really eat in restaurants. So birthday celebrations would be like completely taboo. Um, well, we have pizza, and so that's, that's definitely too much bread, right? That's definitely. Tomorrow night, pizza to break Passover, definitely. <laughs> um, that is the tradition is to break it with Lou Malnati's pizza. Um, in our area, and I know there are loos all over the place now, but it is the best Chicago pizza at all, ever, including Uno's. Um, so there's lots to talk about this week. Um, I've been screening some sh- new shows because we weren't on the air last week, so we have sort of a lot no. to catch up on. So I've I've aired I've been watching a couple of new shows. One that hasn't premiered; it's premiering. I think Thursday night, um, called Black Box. Have you seen that? Uh-huh. Not yet. I really should have already watched it. I'll definitely be watching it tomorrow. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? No, I, I should have, but I have not. Okay. Yet. So it's really good. I really like oh. it. Um, a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, the, the timing of the show, the pacing of the show, is really mm-hmm. 
a bit strange and jerky, but I think that's intentional because the main character of the show is a neurologist, a neuroscientist who's the director of this big clinical research uh, facility um, on neuroscience and neurology. And she's bipolar. And um, she doesn't like to go off her meds. And um, well, that's it, what you're supposed to do. Hmm? No, you're not supposed to that's do that. That's what you're supposed but, to do if you're bipolar. No, and and she does, and she she has a history of noncompliance, as she tells oh. her shrink, who's played by Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, yeah, cool. So it's really, I'm really liking it. They did an odd thing, um, NBC did, or sorry, ABC, ABC did. Uh-huh. And what they did was they gave um, the press the first episode, the third episode, and the seventh episode. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Um, I wondered why. Yeah, and they did it because um, they wanted to kind of give the media an opportunity to see kind of what the best um, best of the series was and really establish the characters, but then dive into a case. And I hmm. like it in the same way I liked House. I think it's really intriguing, and I think that its take on medicine is really interesting. And the person who created the show, her father was a incredibly well-respected cancer researcher who was also bipolar, hmm. and that he was a physician. And she really wrote the show to honor him and his work and his condition and to get it out there. Oh, my gosh. And Jimmy has dropped again. Oh, my goodness. We had this right before the show started. Um, Jimmy's call dropped, and he disappeared. And so he has uh, once again disappeared. He's going to call back. I don't know what it is with his signal, but he is not getting a really good connection with us tonight. Oh, no. So let's oh, – here, oh, here he comes. He's back again. Back again. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Wow, you have ghosts in your telephone. Apparently. It must be because you missed Easter. See, this is your punishment. It must be. I'm being haunted. You're being haunted for missing Easter. It's the Easter bunny. It's the ghost of the Easter bunny. <laughs> anyway, so Black Box is uh, is actually really quite good, and I'm, looking, I'm going to be writing a review of it um, tomorrow to post up a couple days before this series premieres. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it's it's an interesting premise. It's new. Um, you know, there's a trend in um, TV, and there's always trends, right? So one of the oh. trends in TV is to explore diseases of the mind or have protagonists who have um, some sort of a an emotional or mental impairment. Of course, the granddaddy of that is House, who... Is of course, I mean, there were he was he had a psychotic break at the end of season five. Um, this mm-hmm. is a guy who was very very emotionally troubled, um, and I actually, as I, I sat down with a psychologist and, and who diagnosed him for me for my book um, on the series, uh, which is called Chasing Zebras, and available. Oh, <laughs> oh, my other big news, guys! I published mm-hmm. a seventh season episode guide while while we were on break. And it's on Amazon.com. It is called uh, House MD, the seventh, the season seven unofficial guide. 
or something like that. And what it basically <laughs> did is I took my essays um, from season seven and interviews and consolidated them and edited them a little bit and put them into a book. And it is on sale at Amazon.com for four ninety nine. And it's only available in ebook, so pick up a copy today. Um, so I was really excited to do that because people have been asking me and asking me and asking me. And if it does well, I am going to uh, come out with uh, the eighth season, um, which will have a wrap-up of the entire series in it as well. Um, so let's see, where was I heading? Oh, so the granddaddy of this is House. And, of course, they've been exploring other um, other physicians uh, and uh, criminal investigators, profilers who have, um, you know, emotional issues. Of course, Fox Mulder was sort of emotionally dodgy as well. But, of course, um, TNT's perception, which doesn't do it very well. Oh. Um, I know. I know. You and I both liked the series when it first started. had high hopes for it. Um, and it's really not so great. Um, and this does – this takes what TNT did – with perception and made it into a real primetime series. So it's what perception should have been. Hmm? Yes, what so perception should have been. been. Yeah, yeah, or could have been, or could still be. Um, so, <laughs> but never yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I doubt it will be, too. Um, but anyway, it's, it's quite good, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so that was one series. The other series I'm really excited about is on AMC, their new series called Turn. Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen Turn? I saw. I saw the first episode, and I wasn't that into it, to be honest. Okay. Yes. Well, the problem with the first episode, and I did a review of it, um, just sort of a, an introductory thing, because I think this is what I'm going to write about every week, because I am a little bit of a history buff. So, um, so I wrote it, an article, and I was actually like, ap- just gobsmacked. I was stunned at how many thousands of people read my article, my short little article. And I was like, wow, I, this little show and everybody's hungry about information on it. And so um, I was really excited to, you know, to see that. Now the first episode, which is actually 90 minutes, um, Mm -hmm. is all set up. It's just set up. It's just, it's a big, huge cast and they spend time with all of, all of, the the characters. Now I should tell everyone what the premise is. Um, the premise it's based on a book, um, 2007 nonfiction book called um, Ha. Katie says in the chat room, Billy Elliot plus American History equals win. Jamie Bell stars in it. Of course, he was in Billy Elliot. Um, Jamie Jamie Bell stars in this story that's based on this this nonfiction book called Washington's Spies. And it is about a spy ring called the Culper Ring that was the first American, and, and no one ever heard of this before, like 1930 or 1940. No, it was like so secret, and it was uncovered. It was not never in the history books that I grew up with, and because um, I'm old. Um, but it it uh, there was this great book in in 2007 that came out, and they based this series on this. Uh, on, on the spy ring. And the first episode is all set up. You meet all of the British characters. You meet all the colonists. You meet these mercenaries. You meet the loyalist Americans. You meet the rebels. You meet pretty much everything except George Washington. But um, so they spend a lot of time with setup, 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 setup. 
The second episode is far superior and, and paces really well. The third episode, which is called Of Cabbages and Kings, um, based that comes off of Lewis Carroll's, uh, you know, the time has come, the walrus mm-hmm. said to talk of many things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, um, from Through the Looking Glass. And um, so it, it's actually, again, it, it's just really gotten into the story. So, um, so I really, saying I should, I should yeah, give it another chance. Yeah, okay. and and I basically I said in my review that it's really, um, it, it's a slow build through the first. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of exposition, and it was funny because I read Hollywood Reporter's review of well as well of the pilot, and they said pretty much the same thing. So. Um, but it's definitely worth another look. And the fact that people are like going bananas over this short little article that I did um, the other day uh, saying that people are interested in this. And any time you can have a series that blends real honest to goodness history and make it come to life in a narrative. I mean, all of the characters, it's like in a way like black sails on stars. Um, where so many mm-hmm. of the characters in, in Black Sails were actually pirates from the Golden Age of Pirates um, in, in Nassau. And just like that, this, char- this, this series, um, I think all of the characters in this series are actually historical characters, every single one of them. <clears throat> so um, it's actually kind of a cool, uh, cool series. It could equally be at home on... Uh, on the History Channel, except History has really crappy stuff on it. So, no, no, they have Vikings now. Oh, Vikings is the first right, 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 right. Vikings. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Michael Hurst's excellent series, Vikings. Um, and I, and I, I haven't really read series first attempted scripted. So, you know. yeah, yeah, it's it's yes, it, it it was, and it's it's really well done. Um, I actually did an interview uh, with Michael Hurst and the others of the cast at Comic-Con last year. So um, uh, it's an excellent show. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, but it could be very equally at home on History Channel. and uh, But it's not. And most of the stuff that's on History is not very good. Um, <laughs> the so documentary. The, the nonfiction stuff that tries to pretend to be. I mean, the fictional stuff or, you know, Sensational yeah, stuff that tries to pass like, off as nonfiction. Right, they're docudramas. And yeah, so that's I mean, really... The History Channel shouldn't have things about alien abductions. It just does not make sense. Or ghost hunting. Yeah, well, you know, the reason we got, um, like, a premium cable was because my husband was into the History Channel and not mm-hmm. anymore. So he's like, yeah, no, I'm tired of all of the stuff about... Yeah, I used to watch a number of their series, and I don't think I'm watching anything anymore on that channel no. except for Vikings. Nope, nope, nope. But, Vikings is good. Oh, um, they have a hat. They, they had, had Hatfields. I'm sorry. They they had the Hatfields and McCoys a couple of years ago, which was quite good. Yeah, the miniseries. Yeah, it yeah. Was about last year, about this time. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, Armageddon Week on History Channel. Every other week, oh. no word of AI. Oh, because we've had lots of Armageddons in history. Yes. Yes. Are they going to talk about the five basic extinction periods? Because that that would be interesting, but I doubt that's what it's about. Probably not. Probably not. Um, so anyway, so so I give Turn a look. Now the bad, the unfortunate thing is it airs opposite Game of Thrones. Oh, but that's what DVRs were invented for. There's well, no you know, reason that's to worry true. about DVR... what airs opposite what anymore. Yeah, and you can also get it on video on demand. 
So if yep. you have a cable service, you can get it on demand pretty easily. Um, so that's that's definitely a keeper. Of course, Game of Thrones uh, started three there weeks was an ago. Excellent, three. There was an excellent new show this week that you did not mention. I, I wonder if you saw it. Uh, a Fargo on FX. I have not. I'm getting press releases constantly oh, it, um, the, about it. So the first wanna, episode's like an hour and a half, like, you know, uh-huh. like Kern was. But it was so good. It's funny. Like, it's hilarious. Um, it's interesting oh, yeah? and different. Okay. And it's got a lot of great people in it. Martin Freeman uh, from Sherlock and The Hobbit and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Character. Um, oh, and yeah. he's he's basically the William H. Macy role. Uh, but while the setting and the accents and everything are carried over from the movie, none of the characters actually are. There's some similar character types, but they're different names and the situations are different. So it's not like the same story of the movie. So that sounds great. I think that's something we'll cover on Blog Critics. Um, as I said, I keep getting um, uh, all sorts of stuff, including there's a conference call uh, that's coming up with um, mm-hmm. some Hmm. So I'm going to... That's all in with Billy Bob Thornton coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of cool stuff. So, yes, okay, that's, that is one that I want to check out. There is another series that is going to be premiering early in May, and I think it's going to be um, next. I think the 27th is going to be like a sneak peek premiere on Showtime called Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. And that looks really good. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Uh, it I was on Showtime's press site like a week ago, and it wasn't there yet. Yeah, so. I have not. I have not seen it there. It looks amazing, and it is a great. It's a you know how I am about Victorian stuff. Mm-hmm. So you take Victorian, and you mash it up with Timothy Dalton, <laughs> and um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, you get, as as Katie said, um, you get win. Um, I am a huge Timothy Dalton fan. And I have been a, a huge Timothy Dalton fan since before James Bond. And um, I continue to believe that Timothy Dalton, besides Sean Connery, was the best Bond. Um, I know I'm in the minority, but I will hold to it. <laughs> And he also made a great Prince Baron in Flash Gordon. Um, and he was wonderful in Chuck, the reoccurring role, and he had a role on Doctor Who. Yes, he did. And he was great in Fuzz, um, very villainous in Fuzz. And he was in The Rocketeer, um, playing the villain opposite Billy Campbell. Um, so he's been in some good stuff. He's done some really bad stuff. Um, bad choices that he made. I mean, th- he he is. Um, I mean, he he made his reputation in the UK on his uh, work with the Royal Shakespeare Company, um, playing many major roles um, with uh, you know with the Royal Shakespeare Company, a um, lot of Shakespearean stuff, and with many times with Vanessa Redgrave, who was his longtime love and um, acting partner. And it's so interesting that both Timothy Dalton and Vanessa Redgrave are on American TV. Yeah. 
which is really kind well, of cool. everybody's on American TV these days. It's, well, you know, I, it's all true. All these movie stars are coming down, and lots of British actors are coming over, and it just, we're in the golden age of American television. We really it are. Is, it really is. And you know what? It's funny, because um, Hugh Laurie um, called it uh, many years ago uh, during the first couple of seasons of House. He said he said that this that America right now is really going through a gold. And Robert Carlyle said the same thing about America going through a real golden age um, of television right now. And this is really where it's at because you have stuff that is a movie quality um, on American TV. Um, and so that's what it's what is attracting. Of course, Hugh Laurie sort of set the stage for all these British actors to come over here and uh, put their acting chops to American TV, which is kind of, uh, I, I believe that that's true. And uh, uh, and I'm so glad because lots of really great actors have come to be on American television. And it is really cool to see uh, Timothy Dalton in this, in this series, which features, I'm just fascinated um, that you've got um, Dorian Gray, and um, gosh, let's see. I'm trying to think who, who of the other um, characters. Or Dor- Dorian Gray is in it. Um, is it is it Frankenstein? No, is it Dracula? Oh, yes, Doctor Frankenstein. Frank and Doctor Frankenstein. Um, Dorian Gray. Iconic figures from the novel Dracula <clears throat> are lurking around in Victorian London. So um, it's a, in a psychological thriller. So, and Josh Hartnett is also um, in the series. So Josh Hartnett stars along with Timothy Dalton. And uh, so that was, that's a really, um, a really good show. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so what else, what else is on your, your TV these days? Oh, are, have you, are you caught up with Game of Thrones? Oh, yes, I'm. I, at this point, and I knew this season had some major events in it, I told my wife, we just have to watch it Sundays at 9. It's not an option because I don't want to be spoiled at work the next day. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's real water cooler material. It is. Everybody I work with. I mean, we were all watching Walking Dead, and now everybody's watching Game of Thrones. <clears throat> well, I know it's one of the few things that my husband and I watch together and mm-hmm. uh, that I don't coerce him into watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's sort of, you know, it's appointment TV for us. Um, you know, once upon a time is over, okay, let's switch to HBO now and uh <laughs> and make sure that we we get that. And um I you know, I I knew that Joffrey was going to spoiler alert, I knew that Joffrey was going to be um assassinated. Oh yeah. And yeah, I read all the books. So. Yeah, I'm and it bottom. was really it was really really well done. But who murdered him? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, we were talking about that because obviously people are jumping online and talking about it. I promise I won't reveal on here who it was. But Thank if you. you read the book, so you looked online and you know who it is, the episode did a good job of showing them. I mean, if you're just watching oh, yeah. the episode without having the backstory, there's several suspects front and center that could have done it. But right. when you know who did it and why, it was in the episode. Yeah, I mean, you have a bunch of people with motives. Well, I mean, how, not why. You have, much, you have Tyr- you know, of course, you have Tyrion, who is totally not guilty. Um, but looks incredibly guilty, especially because his wife fled. Yeah, and of course, there is Sansa, his wife, who is um, 
a potential guilty party. And you have Grandma Tyrell, the lovely and wonderful Diana Rigg. Um, She's so good, isn't she? I love her on that show. Yes. And you have Joffrey's queen. No, I don't think so. Oh, Marjorie, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think Cersei. No. That's what the entire Tyrion said last night. Cersei's the, like, one person in King's Landing he sure is not involved. Like, yeah. 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 No, or Cersei. it could be uh, Lord Tywin putting down the unruly grandchild. Well, I mean, you saw in the last episode what Tywin, um, what Tywin uh, said, um, you oh, know, about about him not being Tom- a good king. Yes, and and kind of using that as a lesson for Tommen, who is going to be much be easier to manipulate. Martel. It could be Oberyn Martell who came. To oh, it could town be with a yes. against the Lannisters. Absolutely, could be Prince Oberyn. So there are, it could have been Littlefinger. It could have been. It could have been. Could have been Littlefinger. It could have even it been. It could have been a combination of two or more of the characters. Or a concert. Oh, yeah, totally. So it's, yeah, there are lots of suspects. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure. If, if you follow the story outside of the show, you know that that's not the only major event that's going to happen in the near future. So it's a good idea to watch it as soon as possible after it airs, unless you want to be one of those people that wakes up the morning after and reads online that Ned Stark got his head chopped off, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, when I get my photos, um, usually like Wednesday or Thursday from HBO, it always Mm -hmm. comes with this sort of um, warning that says, well, you know, the show doesn't always follow the book. So be careful. Yeah, but it pretty much does. Yeah. I mean, there have, there have been some departures, but the major stuff. Like, that, I like to talk compared to Walking Dead, where nobody ever dies in the same way at the same point as in the yeah. books. Like, you never know what's happening on the show because it's so different, even though the basic plot's the same. Game of Thrones is one of the best adaptations in that it really follows the books well. It really does. And I'm, and I'm reading, I'm rereading. Um, the novel, um, I'm blanking on the name of the novel that this this, this uh, season is coming out of. Um, oh, well, this, it's kind of uneven because some of the characters, the plots happen at different times, and especially because books four and five take place concurrently on different sides of the world. I don't think it's like season one is book one, season two is book two. I feel like no, there's no, a no, lot but of it is, it is, it is. It's the mashing. third book. It's the um, second half of the third book, and I'm actually reading along with the series. And, yeah, it goes, mm-hmm. you know, to other places and follows other storylines, but it's holding pretty closely. I'm really able to see where it's going and where it's been. Um, you know, of course, the way the book is set up, it spends very long sections with one character as the point-of-view character. So you have a section that's mm-hmm. Arya. And you have a section that's Jon Snow, and you have a section that's Jamie. And, you know, um, so you follow them for 50 pages. So um, it doesn't exactly follow, but it's actually, um, it's, it, it's actually it's pretty close. Yeah. It's, it's pretty close to the second half of book three um, so far. So, um, yeah, so that's that. And so we have been, you know, we I didn't catch up with anything else. What else are you watching? What else should I be watching? Oh, what else am I not watching? Oh, a marathon scandal this week. 
I know it's soapy drama, but I love it so much, and especially the season finale, because it's political drama, which I get into, but, like, in a really soapy fashion. Like, they started out this – this episode was the presidential election. At the beginning of the episode, the vice president's at a funeral, and they know there's a bomb that's going to go off in the funeral, and the president's chief of staff doesn't warn anybody because he wants the vice president to be killed so that she can't win the election. And ah. she survives and then is, like, videotaped outside the funeral, like, taking care of people. So they obviously know at that point they've lost. But then somebody assassinates the president's son. So then the president gets the swell of support and jumps back to the front of the polls. And you never know who's doing what and who's going to kill who. And and when you find out who actually murdered the son, you're surprised. Like they, it's, it's soapy good fun. I love it. Jumps all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I, I like my soapy stuff sometimes. I mean, gosh, Game of Thrones is pretty damn soapy, <laughs> if you want to get down to it. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I like my soapy stuff from time to time, I suppose. Oh, and, and I can't not mention Silicon Valley, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it. It has just been renewed for a, a new second season. Yeah, and Veep today, where it came down. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love Veep yeah. as well. Yeah, Veep and Silicon Valley have both been renewed, and and Game of Thrones has been renewed for two seasons. At least uh, the creators were the people, the showrunners were interviewed saying that they think they can wrap it up in seven seasons. Which <laughs> George R. R. Martin will have the seventh book done at that point. We'll be lucky to yeah, do the sixth one. Right. And HBO said, well, if they want to do seven, that's fine, but eight would be better. So I don't know. Well, and, and George R. R. Martin. I mean, I understand he's not so well, so. But he, so I read, now the rumors are that they're going to catch up through the sixth book because the sixth book should be out on the show and then have to stop production and do movies, either theatrical or TV movies, for the I seventh book, whenever he gets it to come out. I read that. I read that, that they want to do, that he wants to do a movie, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it would be a, like, Hobbit-length movie or Lord of the Rings-length movie, but I... Yeah. And you'd have to do, like, at least two of them for the final book as long as he is. Or maybe even a trilogy of four-hour yeah, movies. Yeah, well, he could, um, he could go to I'm Peter board. Jackson. I could see him hiring Peter Jackson to direct it. So. Oh, that would be awesome. But Wouldn't that uh, be I don't, awesome? I, I'm on board no matter how they want to do it, really. Yeah. Like, to be honest, it's just so no, good. That's one I will go opening weekend and watch in IMAX. Um, should be pretty amazing. Did you see Captain America Winter Soldier? I don't think we talked about this. No, um, you know what? Okay, so here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Of all of the um, Marvel guys, mm-hmm. Captain America was my like least favorite. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually care for the movie, the first one, that much. Yeah, the first one's not very good. It's I think it's the weak leg of that first set of movies. But this one, Winter Soldier, it's actually a political drama with Robert Redford, and it is my favorite of the Marvel yeah. movies so far, even beating Avengers. Okay. Okay. Now, I knew. I knew that Robert Redford was in it. Okay. So, I will, I will see it. I will uh, – I, I promise to watch it. Um, yeah, and it's just such a game changer for the series because I won't spoil, but what happens shifts everything they're doing with these movies, and it's going to change the plot – and their show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's on television, is completely changed because of this movie. They like, oh. had to coordinate. So the very, you know, three days after the movie comes out, the show had to take into account the events of the movie. Okay. In a major way. A major okay. It completely changed the direction of the series. 
Okay. So that's cool. So, um, I, I will. I, I will. It. it was awesome. I will. I will watch it. I will definitely watch it. Um, another movie I want to go see is uh, is Noah. Um, yeah, I'm hearing good things, and I thought it was yeah. going to be terrible. I did too. Um, I always look at biblical movies with a great deal of skepticism, <laughs> and knowing that the right doesn't like it makes me happy. Makes so, it more um, enticing. <laughs> makes it more enticing, and I'm and I really, you know, I really really like Russell Crowe. Um, I I said Emma Watson. I love Emma Watson. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been I first became a fan of Russell Crowe's like when when Gladiator came out because I really loved Gladiator. I really loved it. Um, it was a movie I didn't think I was gonna like at all, and I just like was completely taken with it. Um, and then became a fan of his music, and I've actually seen his band perform live twice here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, and, oh, that was so long ago. Uh, yeah. Wow. I know. Doesn't that seem <laughs> weird? Um, it, it, the, at the uh, at the House of Blues, House of Blues, House of Blues, um, here in Chicago. So that was kind of cool. Um, so I, I really like Russell Crowe. I think he's done some good stuff. I think he's done some misguided choices, but he's done some good work. Um, and, oh, I would also be remiss if I did not talk about, we did not talk about Hannibal. I am still so behind on that. <gasps> You're there behind on Hannibal? There were and finales this week, the last oh, couple weeks. I know I used those two weeks ago, but it still holds true. Okay, well, Katie's saying, and back to the Bible stuff, I used to always watch the Ten Commandments when it was on ABC around Easter. Old school, but I love it. You know, Okay, because the Ten Commandments, it's really odd that to me that they play it for Easter because the whole story of, like, the Exodus is, like, Passover. I mean, that literally is Passover. That's, that's why we celebrate the holiday and, because of the Exodus. And um, there's actually, I have a better movie, um, which is called The Prince of Egypt, which is a Steven Spielberg animated movie. Animated, yeah. Animated movie um, starring Val Kilmer and Rafe Fiennes. And it is fabulous. It is so much better than The Ten Commandments. Um, so I highly, 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 even though it's animated, it is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Just for the pure joy of seeing, hearing Rafe Fiennes sing. Um, which is kind of fun. He plays Pharaoh, and uh, it's great. Um, he definitely uh, <clears throat> definitely one-ups Joel Brenner. Um, but I've seen Ten Commandments a bunch of times, and, yeah, it, it totally goes with Passover and not with Easter, but oh well. Um, anyway, okay, so Hannibal, going from the sublime to the really horrific, Um it is really getting good. I have to say, this last Friday night, it airs Friday nights on uh, NBC at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. The ratings are awful, so please tune in and help them. Yeah, it's really on the bubble. I mean, it is really on the bubble. And, and this is a show that's financed by a dozen different countries and is super cheap for NBC to make, so it should never come near the bubble. I know. It is so, I know. It is so 
show. Well, that's, that's, still, that's the good thing, though, is even if NBC cancels it, if those other countries keep it going, we can always find it on some, through some other source. Or Netflix will kick in a little money, surely. Well, right, know? Netflix or Amazon. Yeah, because it, um, it can't be that expensive for the states if it's financed by all these different people. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'll tell you, it's very intense. And um, it is, you know, I've said this from the beginning, this is a series that truly, I think, would be better on uh, cable. Yeah. I think it would yeah. be more comfortable on cable. And but then you. That being said, I mean, the fact that they've made it work on broadcast is pretty darn impressive. It is. And they really haven't, um, they haven't pulled their punches much. No, it doesn't feel like they've been sanitized and reined in as a lot of broadcast shows. No, no, and and it's really done well. And I'm really sorry that it has um, it hasn't done well. Now, this last week's episode, we have Will. You know, Will has been in uh, kept in a cage in a uh, mm-hmm. psychiatric hospital uh, for most of this season, and um, he is out because it is quite clear they've gotten evidence now that indeed he is not the serial killer they're after. And um, he, of course, knows that it's Hannibal. And uh, he's, he's really trying to play a game on Hannibal. So I don't know where this is leading, but the problem is Dr. Bloom, who Will is in love with, um, I course. believe. Um, of course. Of course. And but she's sleeping with Hannibal. What? Oh. <gasps> did I spoil you? Oh my gosh! You did. Yeah. Oh sh- Oh my gosh! And that's she, horrible. That's horrible. She is his biggest advocate. Ugh. His biggest advocate. Katie says, "Love that he brought his own food to Hannibal's house." Can't say I blame him. Really, and he can't convince. Um, Will cannot convince Alana. Uh, Bloom, that Hannibal is a bad guy, and she just blames Will, you know, for attempting to kill him, and you know that that Will is just a sick puppy, and um, it's really getting very intense. But this last episode involved a horse and uh, someone being um, sewn into the horse. It was really gross. It was really gross. Uh, Katie says she is as brainwashed as Miriam Lack, who has reappeared. No longer Hannibal's captive. And, um, yeah. So it's really getting intense. You definitely need to catch up with Hannibal. Definitely do that. I know. I know. I know. I will before the season finale. It's just, oh, God. I can't believe it's already halfway through the season. I need to. I know. I mean, we're almost in May sweeps time. I know, and we're getting, I mean, and there's other new stuff coming back for that. I mean, 24 is coming back. I know. Well, you know, it's really, um, what's really odd, and I think with the bifurcated seasons that are now, like, everywhere. I mean, seasons Mm -hmm. are 10 episodes or 13 episodes or 8 episodes. There's no such thing almost anymore as a conventional 22 or 24 episode season. 
Um, well, I mean, like, a lot of the the big four are still trying to do that for most of their shows, but, but it's definitely eroding stuff. rapidly. But not their new stuff. Right. Yeah, their new, their new well, stuff. Some of their new stuff is and some isn't. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of the new stuff is not. 13 episodes or it's 10 episodes or it's, you know, debuting in January or debuting in May or, de- de- you know, debuting in – there's no such thing as a primetime season anymore. And, Even 24 uh, is only doing 12 episodes only without changing eight. the title. That's really odd. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, they're, they're, they're gonna... still doing a full day. They're going to skip the some hours in the middle. Okay. Okay. They're going to jump ahead. That's well, they said that it'll be re- depending on how the story takes them. will depend on which hours they skipped. So it will be 12 hours during a 24-hour period. Okay. That works. I'm not a huge Well, there's always a point. I love 24, but there was always a point in every season where it started to drag a little bit, and this is what they're hoping will fix that. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That that would make some sense. Um, I love the style of 24. Um, I love the way it's intense, and I love um, I love the plotting and the pacing of it. I was never, like, a huge fan of the politics of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, so I kind of I, I watched it and then I stopped, and I watched it again and then I stopped, and um, I watched uh, the the TV movie, the um, Redemption, Twenty Four Redemption. Yeah, because it uh, had Robert Carlyle. Because it had Robert Carlyle <laughs> in it. Yes, this is true, um, which was great. And and uh, I really enjoyed that, and uh, I loved that he was in it, and he and Kiefer Sutherland um, are very good friends. They've done other stuff together, and they're both Scots. Kind of cool. Now, um, it does mean, I don't know if you're still keeping up with the evolution, and I don't know exactly how the production schedules went, but it would mean this new season 24 steals Kim Raver from Revolution because she's back in a big way in this new 24 season. And Revolution is on the bubble, too. It is. That, it's going to be that or Hannibal. But my guess is she wasn't in a lot of the second half of the season that I haven't watched yet because of 24. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of the second half of the season um, of Revolution. It's, yeah. it's on my DVR. I just haven't had time to watch it. Um, see? see what I mean? How many shows do I keep up with? <laughs> I just too much stuff. Um, but that's on the bubble along with Hannibal, so it'll probably be one or the other um, that gets the I act. Never know. I mean, Dracula's NBC, too, and I was sure it was canceled, but Jonathan Reese Myers is saying it's on the bubble, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know. And, um, you know, over on Fox, Almost Human, we still don't know its fate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm still pulling for it's going to get renewed, and the only reason I'm saying that is because it has been picked up in the UK. Um, so I am thinking that there's more uh, potential for syndication if they go more than one yeah. season, especially because it's been picked up overseas. And, and communities on the bubble, which is one of my community, favorites. yeah. Oh, that's right. And that's it's only favorites. done five seasons, and the hashtag has always been six seasons in a movie. So NBC cannot cancel it so close to six seasons. And even though it's not on the bubble, I don't believe. Um, let's segue to Once Upon a Time. Their ratings oh, are dropping. Is not on a bubble at all. No, no, no. It's but their ratings. I know, and the, but the ratings have been going down. 
so is everything on broadcast TV, and that's, yeah. that's why tanking ratings don't kill shows necessarily. You, right, and because there's the DVR stuff. And do you think there's there's something of a, you know, on cable, 2 million viewers or 3 million viewers is not a deal killer? Um, and no, you think it's there's a lot a, for certain networks. Yeah. Do you think that there's a um, going to be an, an equalization between broadcasting cable where it's like, okay, you know, we can do this for, and, and that requires a change on the part of advertisers to say, okay, we don't, nothing's getting 10 million, 20 million viewers anymore that's scripted. Um, and we're going to have to kind of go with, you know, 4 million, 3 million, 5 million, you know, is, is a good number on broadcast which it didn't I feel like to be. broadcast is going to get into that kicking and screaming. I mean, they're doing yeah. it because of necessity. They're having to adjust to lower ratings, but I don't think there's ever going to be a conscious decision to be like, okay, three million is enough at this point. Right, right. That's true. Probably not. Even Cable, who canceled Stargate Universe when it had two million viewers a week. Well, see, so Cable's so weird because certain shows, you know, I mean – HBO will renew a show that has less than a million viewers. I know. And then there's, you know, The Walking Dead, which is beating NFL in the demos and doing better than anything on broadcast TV Sunday night. Right. So right. cable's kind of all over the place. It really is. It is. It is. And and a show like Turn, um, you know, isn't going to get tons and tons of viewers. Although, as I said, I am absolutely blown away. But I told, you know, when I wrote the article earlier this week about Turn, um, I was sure that it would get a hundred page views, a couple hundred page views. It's gotten thousands of hits. I am just it, like, it, and, and, I don't and know that, what Turns ratings have done, but Turns following Mad Men, and even though this is Mad Men's final season, well, they say it's its final season, even though we have to wait a year for seven of the episodes, Mad Men's ratings tanked this year. But you know what? It's not following Mad Men. It it leads into Mad Men. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's the reverse. It leads into Mad Men. So, so do but you then think they re- they're gonna then they they're, repeat it. Mad Men people will blame Turn for their ratings tanking. Uh possibly. But but I'm telling you, I mean, it's getting like in I if if it's only to go by. I mean, I know when I and I follow my own ratings pretty, uh, especially because I'm now a publisher. Um, I follow what's getting, uh, what people are reading about, um, very, very closely, um, like many times a day. And I know what people are reading about. And you can usually tell from what people are reading about the popularity of a show or the buzz that a show has, because there are shows that, that we write about, um, that have no buzz. You can write about them and no one goes there. Um, or you can write about a show like Once Upon a Time where, you know, you, thousands of people will read about that in two-day, three-day period. Um, and I was absolutely shocked that Turn was absolutely in Once Upon a Time numbers as far as people reading about it on Blog Critics, mm. for sure. And I was absolutely stunned, flabbergasted, and delighted. Um, but totally stunned. So I think it's probably seen the ratings on it. Um, 
yet for this week, but I, I think I've got some hope for it. So speaking of Once Upon a Time, let's let's segue to Once Upon a Time, and I'm hoping, Jimmy, that I can prevail upon you to stay till the end, please. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm already getting sleepy, but I will I will do my okay. best to stay away. I will drag you along with me here. Um, so we didn't we didn't um, air last Monday night because it was Passover, um, mm-hmm. and so I want to talk for a minute about Jolly Roger, which I felt <laughs> which was, we have different opinions on. I think. Oh, that's right. That's right. We were going to talk about that. Um, I felt it was one of the weakest episodes of the season, and it's not only because it lacked Robert Carlyle. Because I, I can, I'm no. You know what? I have. There have been episodes that have not had him in because he's not in every episode. Um, that I have said, wow, this was a really great episode. Um, this was not one of them, and the reason I feel that way is, and it's really only one reason I feel that way. I feel that they are pushing Hook onto us. They're almost like revisionist history of Killian Jones 101. They are retrofitting and changing his story to make him into um, this poor, misunderstood uh, villain and who's not really a villain but is really quite a hero. And I feel that they, they are really ramming it down our throats. Now, see, I thought the previous flashback they did with him well, that was the case when we saw, you know, that all of a sudden, oh, he was good before he was bad type thing. That that bothered me. But in this case, because it was only a flashback to that missing year, after we'd already seen what he'd done in Neverland, and it was him trying to go back down the bad path and failing to do so because he still right. had been changed by his experience, that I found it much more digestible and interesting and made but sense what? for me as to where his character was. So my question was, what changed him? What profound Emma? thing happened to him? Yeah, Emma, but you supposedly. Know what? That's, that's what they're playing it off but as, see, is that he fell in love with her. But that's what bothers me. That's what bothers me. It was, it was like, okay, so he's in love with Emma. There's no it's, – it's not sudden because it's been building for a while. But mm-hmm. it's like they've – He's. It's it's not to me not believable. And it was definitely it was a fun episode and it was a lighter episode as Angela says. I just I just don't I don't buy it. I don't buy. I really want um, and it's not because I want her with Balefire because that's not actually Which is too late. It's done. It's yeah, too late. He's bail. gone. He's dead. He's done. Um, but this certainly solved the problem of fans being divided because there were starting to be a lot of Emma and Hook shippers, but there were all these people who were convinced she belonged with Balfire and they were soulmates. And by killing Balfire off, it, it, you know, avoided that conflict that those people who argued for them to be together, it can't be. So now they, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I really, I really like Colin O'Donohue and I like his portrayal Um, and I Mm -hmm. like the swagger and, and all of that stuff. Um, but I think his character needs more – I think maybe that's what it is, that we've not really seen his struggle. Yeah, we saw a little bit of that in, in Jolly Roger, mm-hmm. but we really haven't seen – like Regina 
Okay, I'm going to take, and, and they're my two favorite characters, and even Emma to a, a lesser extent, but Emma too, you actually see the struggle, where they were and where they've, where they've come from and mm-hmm. where they are now, three seasons later almost. And it's true. We have not had enough of where Hook was. I agree yeah, with that. We don't, we don't have that struggle. All of a sudden, he's a good guy. And he's changed. You know, his decision to give up in revenge, well, that's Angela says. But it seemed like a really almost, okay, I'm going to decide that this is, you know, I've decided that this, I'm not going to do revenge and now I'm changed and I'm a good guy. You don't, with, with Regina, with Rumpel, for sure, with Rumpel, that struggle has been something going on since the first minute. Mm-hmm in the series and with Regina too. Although Regina, you didn't begin to see that struggle until a little bit later. Um, and, and with Emma, where and, Emma's come yeah. from. So Regina's is really ending, not to jump ahead to this week too much, but God, I love Regina. She's my favorite character. She really is. I really, I, she's really, and I, and I love her redemption arc and I love where she's come from. And I loved her scenes with Snow White. Mm-hmm. They were well, really so like, I, I loved the scene with Belle because at this yeah. point we've seen Regina interact with Snow White and, and Emma so much and, you know, they're forgiving because she's helped them and all this. And then we get Belle's fury because Belle hasn't, oh, Regina's helped me and, got, and made my life better. Belle's just thinking, this is what you did to me. I hate you. And I thought that was refreshing. And also yeah. Regina's genuine apology for it. Like she really was yeah. sorry she'd done it. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really like where Regina has gone. See, now there is where you see a struggle, you know, and yeah. she still struggles with it. She still struggles with it. Belle was completely uh, as Angela's She does husband. struggle, but I feel like this week was a real corner turner for her. Yeah. At this okay. point, I think yeah. she's never going to go back to be the villain again. Yeah, and I think we've seen that with Rumpel as well. Yeah, I oh, mean, absolutely. He's, you know, he, he actually said it uh, outright in this episode that um, Balefire gave up his life so that um, he could defeat Selena. And he is well, that was a real testing point because the whole time we've known Rumpel, his number one motivation has been getting Balefire back. And when yeah. she offers him that chance, he doesn't even blink. He immediately right. says, nope, nope, that's not right. And that just proves to you how far Rumpel's come and how he's turned. Right. What an incredible journey he has taken. And it's mm-hmm. just it was just beautifully done. That seduction scene had me going there for a second. It was like, what yeah, is I, he I, up to? I was going to believe it because of the Balfire hook, but that yeah, was they they set that up really really well because you really don't know, and you're really seeing it from Zelina's point of view, mm-hmm. and 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 he knows. That but I'm also has, glad she wasn't completely fooled because that would not have been realistic if she wasn't no. keeping an eye on the night. You know, if he got the dagger back that easily, that would not have worked. No, no, no. And and that that worked so well um, that he. Um, but I just I love that scene. Um, I just like, ooh, it's getting warm in here. Um, <laughs> it was definitely. Ooh. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, those 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 pictures that those images see now the images that came out of that scene 
that were um, put up on the press site were just like mm-hmm. really, really hot. And, yeah. um, and the scene, the way it played out was a lot of shortcuts. They didn't, mm-hmm. they, they didn't, I mean, it wasn't, it was, after all, this is family TV, right? Um, but it was, it was really well done and it was completely believable. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it, it occurred to me that Rumpel has probably had more women in love with him on the series <laughs> than any other character. I mean, think about it. Hmm. Cora, right? Cora, mm-hmm. Belle, Zelina. And I have to believe that Regina has a thing for him, too. Or had or a thing for him. Did, or did. Upon a time. Oh, yeah. man. I, we have to talk about And, and Mila at one Regina's, time. Right. No, Regina's heart, though. Any other character, you mentioned Cora, and that reminded me. You know, Cora, when she her heart was removed, she stopped feeling that love. She became very cold and hard. And once upon a time in Wonderland, the knave didn't have his heart in, and while he tried to love, he could not love without his heart. But Regina can love without her heart, and that's something really telling. And when Snow says, you have the most resilient heart there, I mean, that just shows us something about Regina I think we did not know about her before. Right. Well, and we've only had hints. I mean, of course, Daniel, who was the love of her life. Yeah, but, but the Robin Hood thing is a real romance that she is doing with yes. her heart, and she is well, committed to it. I know. I love it. I really, really, I'm really, really enjoying that. And, um, you know, I think, and, and, Getting, you know, a little bit back to a couple weeks ago episode um, where Rumpel makes the decision that he can't, Zelina cannot be the one to um, to carry out the curse. And he says, well, you know, you have to destroy, you have to destroy the heart of the thing you love the most. You have to mm-hmm. kill the thing you love most. Um, and he said, well, yeah, it was me, but I think it was her, you know, like he was being glib about it but I think really um, Regina has the capacity to love and to see some good which makes her a much because as he says in order to make magic work really well you not only have to build on the intensity of negative emotion you also have to have the intensity of positive emotion and whether it's mm-hmm. love or family or something else. And, of course, for Rumpel, even being the dark one, um, you know, he's got his, his hatred of having been humiliated that time. But at the same time, he also has the love he bears uh, for Balefire. So he, yeah. he, there's that, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and, and Regina has always had the love for Cora. She you know, does. and that was such an interesting bit too, where she's torn between Snow and Cora as they try to bring up the ghost. And you know, Snow killed Cora, but Snow had good reason for killing Cora. And I loved Nina that. that. Yeah, I loved that yeah. exchange um, where it was like, okay, so, well, you know, you killed my mother, but my mother killed your mother. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it almost made me like Snow a little bit. Which I really don't like Snow. But it almost made me like Snow because yeah. Regina was just 
because Regina, you could see Regina kind of liked her there. And I did like Snow's comment about I'm a bratty. I was a bratty little kid. Yeah, and so was Ava. Ava was a real bitch. Okay, now that I didn't like. I didn't think anything we've seen about Ava and any other flashback for this ever hinted she was. Not true, not true, not true. I'm going to disagree with you. Miller's daughter. Uh Uh-huh. Miller's daughter, which is takes place after the events of this episode, when she sees Cora, she trips Cora, and she puts her nose up in the air and dismisses her. That's true. Oh, That's no, 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 no. I forgot and, about that. And you also get the impression when you see the very young Snow White, mm-hmm. when uh, Ava t- teaches her with, with Johanna that you can't um, treat people like that, She's learned mm-hmm. from, her, from herself. You know that that comes, that wisdom that she teaches her daughter must come from a place where she's been herself. So we need another flashback to fill in the gap. Yeah. I, what was that event that changed Ava? Right. Right. We don't have that event, that life-changing event that changed Ava. Um, the others, yeah, I, yeah. The other thing that really bothered me about this week's episode, and maybe I'm I'm griping small complaints, but the fact that Hook has still not acted on Emma, but also Zelina has not done anything about it. Because yeah. she really made it seem like you need to do this now or I'm going to start hurting people. And now for two weeks, he hasn't done well, anything. Oh, and she okay. hasn't. Raising my hand here. Okay, raising my hand here because we have hot off the presses the press release for next week's episode. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Zelina, this is the headline. Zelina threatens to kill Henry if Hook, whose lips have been cursed, doesn't kiss Emma and drain away her magical powers. And in the fairy tale of the of the land of the past year, Snow and Charming go in search of the good witch Glinda. <laughs> to help them defeat Zelina on this week's Once Upon a Time, which is called A Curious Thing. Um, and let's see if there's anything else in the press release. Uh, Snow and Charming search Glinda, the Good Witch of the South. To, Good Witch of the South? Good Witch of the South? To see if she can help yeah, them. Yeah, Glinda's build. the Good Witch of the South. I thought, she was a, I thought she was the Good Witch of the North. No, and okay, here's the problem with the MGM movie, too. Is in the book, the Witch of the North and the Witch of the South are two different witches, and Glinda's the Witch of the South, and the movie kind of combines the two characters into one. Ah, okay. It's been a long time since I've read the Oz books. Um, anyway, they go in search of Glinda to see if she can help them defeat Selena, and the curse will ult- and the curse that will ultimately send the fairy tale characters back to Storybrooke is cast, but from an unlikely source. Ooh. Well, we're down to the last four episodes. Yes. I didn't realize we were this close to the end. There's a lot that has to happen <clears throat> in a short amount of time. I know. I know. And <clears throat> the thing is, well, I mean, there's, there's a lot. And they've been... You know, in a lot of ways, and that kind of goes back to what you said about, you know, Hook not doing anything yet about Emma, that they are, to me, it seems that they're they're telling the story in dribs and drabs and doing a lot of placeholding. 
because I don't know that the actual narrative has 11 episodes in it and they're stretching it. I wish it did have 11 episodes of that. Yeah, the fall run was a little more cohesive. Tight and, pro- yeah, and, and, and propulsive. This one, I mean, last week, I again, I didn't like it because I didn't think it moved the story forward very much. Um, no, it did not do that. I will and the entire and the entire episode, the entire episode was set up for the last scene with the, um, you know, with, with what she did with uh, Hook's lips and the magic. The entire mm-hmm. episode was a setup. And I guess that's what bothered me. I didn't like that. So it's really a holding pattern. And then you have this week's episode, um, which, again, the story doesn't move forward a heck of a lot, a little bit more, but not much. We haven't really moved forward since the, you know, shootout at the OK Corral. Uh, No, but, I mean, the Regina story in this was so good, you forget that you're not moving forward. yeah. Other yeah, than when it, we had the hook scene, and I'm like, why is nothing happening with that? Yeah, no, no, I thought that this week's episode was much better. Um, I gave it four stars, um, and I liked it. I did. I liked it. Um, I, you know, and, and, he, and, and I really, Regina and, and Rumpel, of course, are my, my two favorite characters. I'd make no, no uh, um, excuse for that. Um, and I, this was really a Regina episode, and it was really well done. I really, um, I loved where her character went. I loved the journey that she's on. Oh, the other thing that really I thought was really cool was that Regina, and it was something that Snow said, and like you, I really liked Snow in this episode. She was a much stronger character, a more um, proactive character mm-hmm. than she normally is in the Storybrook timeline. And what I really liked was she said that, Regina, you love with your whole soul, you know, your whole being. And so she almost needs not just her heart, and which is what enables her to love even without her heart. Mm -hmm. So my question is, where did Zelina get magic? How was she born with magic? Who's her father? He's he's this this faux prince. Well, but, but Quote, Regina and French. Regina got magic through Cora, right? So yeah, can't but that was Zelina as well. But that was after she was touched by you know by Rumple. Not saying that Regina's Rumple's kid at all, because um, she's not. No, we know who Regina's parents are. Yeah, yeah, we know who Regina's parents are. Um, but but that was after Regina was born after Cora had encountered Rumpel and Rumpel had given her the gift of magic to make the, the gold from straw. Okay. Yeah. So right. So 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 arguably Regina could get that magic intrinsic, just like Balefire has no magic. He's Rumpel's son. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, he was born before Rumpel became the Dark One. So. Well, and and Zelina was born before Cora was touched by Rumpel's magic. And how did Zelina get to Oz? It seems awfully big coincidence that Cora abandons her and then the tornado picks her up. Yeah. Like, there's got to be. Did she know there. there was a? Por- how did she know there was a portal there? 
That's that's the question. Although it did bother me a lot that Snow's like, oh, well, I understand Cora. She didn't want to give up the baby. She had to give up the baby. No, she didn't. She was being a selfish little jerk to give she up was. the baby. She was. Being, was well, she was not forced into it, and that was crap that Snow said she was. I know. And Cora, you know, Cora's character has been very consistent. She is always yeah. out for Cora. There is no yeah. one else that there is. And Zelina is very much her mother's daughter. Mm-hmm. Right? This very envious, yeah. envious, jealous, only out for number one. Um, and she really is Cora. And how Regina managed not to be Cora is a really interesting idea to explore. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it had to do with Daniel. Were you creeped out at all that Cora was like after Leopold, who Regina will eventually? Oh, yeah. That was a little creepy to me. Yeah, that was a little creepy um, sort of. Um, yeah, well, that, you know, that, you know, it, it, when, when people were talking about maybe Zelina is Rumble's daughter, um, that mm-hmm. was creeping me out a little much because their scenes yeah. together are so obviously uh, have have sexual overtones to them because um, mm-hmm. she's such a – not coming from – although except for last night's episode. Um, but she's been such the seductress with him, even as she's tormented him. You know, she's been sort of like um, – a siren or a harpy to him, mm-hmm. um, you know, tormenting him and at the same time coming on to him. And, um, and that would have been really creepy um, if it turned out that he was her dad, that would have been very strange. But yeah, I mean, that does, that is like so weird because if you untangle the family gestalt of this, see with oh. Leopold, right? Okay. Let's, let's untangle mm-hmm. this. Let's, as my children would say, let's unpack this in a literary sense. So we have Leopold who marries Regina, right? And is Snow's Mm -hmm. father. Almost married Regina. No, Cora. Almost married Cora. And Cora ends up killing Leopold's wife, Ava, who's the mother of Mm -hmm. Snow White. Oh, my God. I'm, like, so confused. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, it is, like, okay, it's just confusing. I have to sit down with with a pen and paper and figure out this very bizarre, twisted Borgia. It's like the Borgias, you know? It reminds me of the Borgias. (laughs) <laughs> totally does. Um, enough backstepping and, and intrigue. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, it is, like, really weird and twisted and a little creepy. Um, so where is it going? Where are we going with this? So what what do you think is going to happen um, with let's, – let's take each of the storylines um, in turn. Um, so we've got Hook and Emma with Hook's deadly lips. Um, what do you think? What do you, how do you think that might play out? Oh, I don't know. I mean, 
I feel like Cook's going to have to kiss Emma and take her powers away. But I don't know. I would like to see Regina be the one that, that wins this instead of Emma. I mean, eventually Emma's going to be the one that wins everything. She is the savior. But right. she's she's had barely any magic training. We've seen, like, you know, a week or two of magic training. There's no way she should be able to take on Zelina at this point. Right. And she's, right. And she's working on it. And she's got, you know, she's able to do little things. But, um, her, but not not in time for the season finale. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, I think that, that they might kiss and her powers might indeed be taken away. Either that mm-hmm. or she's going to keep resisting Hook because she's in mourning for Neil. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I feel resist. like by next season we're going to get the Emma Hook romance. I don't think they'll drag it out too, too long. No, because everybody knows where this is headed. Yeah, um, I mean, killing off Neil immediately. That was, you know. That was a big clue. <laughs> Very yeah. big clue. Um, and, and you know what? I'm sad because last year um, Colin and, Colin O'Donohue and Michael Raymond James at Comic-Con mm-hmm. were together at the table. And it was like, oh, <laughs> that was so much fun. No more this It won't be this year. Um, I really want Robin Hood to be signed full-time for next year. Yeah. I Well, I see him as being a real love interest for Regina. Well, um, but if they don't find him full time, I feel like he could be another, you know, a character that drifts away or doesn't get play. And for Regina yeah. to seriously have a a full romance, they have to have somebody that's under contract and sticking around. Right. I mean, they've right. done it for Belle and not used her much. Uh, it doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be pulled front and center, but he needs to get be locked down for the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's what they've done with Emily DeRavin. They've, uh, you right. know, she's she's contracted, but she's not in every episode, and she's not. And they could do that with Robin Hood, but oh, we yeah. just need to keep him around. Keep yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I definitely think so. Um, that would be really great if they signed him on uh, to to be in the series. And I know Megan Ori is coming back as well. Um, After she disappeared with no explanation all season, which was stupid. Well, she disappeared she to another a major part of the show, especially she after the main character last year, and she was around all the time, and now she's never around. She disappeared to another series. I don't care. It's the same thing that makes me mad that we had that gr- great grumpy love story, and then we never ever see his girlfriend again. Even I, know. I know. I know. I see stuff like that, and I understand that in the real world, casting. And schedules are an issue, but it really hurts the story for me when these characters that should be present are not. I know. I know. Okay. So what do you think is going to – okay. So they've uncovered – okay. So the big big reveal of last night's episode was Mm – and and we learned about it uh, both from uh, Zelina herself and from Belle. She Mm -hmm. wants to turn back time. So that she is the one that is kept, and um, and that would mean killing off Ava before she um, marries Leopold, basically. So she mm-hmm. wants to turn back the clock, but but she'd have to stay herself. 
itsy bitsy baby. So she would have to sell. Right? Yeah. I think that's what she's intending to do, right? Is to turn back the clock so that she can murder Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that Cora and Leopold marry. Snow White mm-hmm. is never born. But Regina just, is therefore yeah, never born. And so Leopold will think that Zelina You know, so, so it basically changes history. Mm-hmm. So... Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.